everyone to Phoenix's greatest pop culture, geek, nerd, and comic book Woo-hoo. podcast in all the damn land. It is the Absolute Geek Podcast, and I am Matt. I am Kyle. Woof. I'm Jose. I'm Brian. Why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest tonight, Brian, and let's jump into this. Yeah, everybody, we have a, a great guest tonight for our comic uh, knowledge topic of the week um, from Bird City Comics. Hey, this is Anthony, everybody. Anthony, introduce yourself. Hey, guys. I'm Anthony with Bird City Comics, and I'm happy to be on the show and hanging out with you guys tonight. So a- Anthony um, has an amazing channel on Facebook where he does live auctions, Bird City Comics. Um, some of you guys have uh, probably checked it out before. We've been talking about his channel for a while. Um, he's, he's doing uh, something that I think is the future of comics, where we're going uh, outlets to sell, and we're really excited to talk about it tonight. Um, Anthony, why don't you tell us what your show is basically about and uh, how you go about doing your show? Sure. So uh, I got my team and myself. We, we broadcast Facebook Live videos. Um, you know, I always tell people we're a show before we sell comics. We just happen to do that on the side. And I think that's a really important aspect of the whole keeping people interested. So I think you hit on some cool key stuff that uh, – this is the way it's going to be in the future. There's no offense to anybody that owns LCSs. They're great, and I will continue to shop at one and support my local ones. But it's more and more of this easy access that people want. So, Me, uh, yeah. me Kyle, and Matt um, have been watching the, the live feeds for a long time now. And there are some characters out there. There are some, there are some auctions that um, don't look as professional as the others. Uh, one thing I will say about Bird City, it's probably the most professional one out of all the ones I've seen. Um, you have something going on there that I think uh, a lot of the other people aren't uh, taking that route. Sure. Um, there's a guy that we all know and love, Kyle. Uh, the, the, I know the, you guys all love me. Thank you. Yeah, the, the famous comic eater. <coughs> yeah. Um, so we, we all know um, the professional side of, of the auctions. One of the things that I like about your auction that really blows me away is you and your wife are a team and we talked yeah. about a little bit earlier um, in the pre-show how much work uh, she does to make your channel run. And one thing that is always going with your channels, you guys are always have something going on. There isn't any dull time. Kyle, Kyle kind of said it. Um, you keep the viewers interested. Yes. How, how are you doing that? And what's the key to that? You know, with Facebook, uh, I, I can tell you guys, honestly, and this is going to sound terrible. I work in cell phones. That's my profession for the last 15 years. And I have not had Facebook until I started Bird City Comics. Refuse to do it. And uh, once I first got on, I was uh, I was afraid of it. So what I did was I spent a lot of time looking at my friends' profiles and, and how people like to live. And kind of what I determined is people want to show you the best of them in Facebook. So when I started building my show up, I thought to myself, you know, if I was somebody that wanted to watch this, I want to feel like I'm a part of it, included, because everybody wants to be heard on Facebook. So that was the approach I took is that I want to include people. Um, I'm really big into nicknames because I'm terrible with real people's names, like their actual legal names. I won't remember it. Don't even bother telling me, except for you guys. I got you guys down. (laughs) <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, little things like, yeah, chimichanga right there on the bottom, Matt. Yep, I got you guys. But uh, little things like giving somebody a nickname personalizes it. So I, I do a lot of that personal interaction. I try to remember things. And then people feel like they're a part of my show. They're enjoying themselves. And then, oh, by the way, I have some comic books if you're interested. How many viewers are you averaging a live stream? 
Sure. So we, I mean, on a high, we'll, we'll hit somewhere in the 40 range. We usually maintain in the high 20s to the mid 30s, um, which is you can, you're successful in that range. I can tell you guys didn't spend a lot of time in that range to start. <laughs> so, and we, it takes a long time to get a following. It takes like, what did you have to do to get these regulars to come in and, and go from having, because, you know, I see a lot of people first time up, you see four people in there. So oh, yeah. what did you have to do to, to, to bring those numbers up? So with Facebook, especially since it's an online platform, something that you have to keep in mind that everybody's tougher and braver than they are because you got a keyboard as opposed to a 3D person. Oh, yeah. The reason why I bring that up is when you take into account doing something like Facebook, people are a little more critical because there's no repercussion of you telling them to their face. Um, and then they're, they're, there's a big trust factor in that too. Again, because you're on a virtual platform, they don't know me. I could be some crazy person and these are high resolution uh, scans. You just don't know. So it's, it's harder to build that relationship with the online platform. So hence we took the approach of making people feel more included like we know them. Um, things like that because it's it just gets crazy that trust factor is the hard part to build how uh can you explain your your normal setup um i know that uh, a lot of people out there do different things one of the things i like is you guys will play little games you'll um yeah. you know the, the books that you're selling explain your setup and and, and the normal of sure. way so we've experimented if you go back and watch my show from the beginning i've had a million one setups before i found flow that worked and there's little things people don't think about so um, our first thing that we have is we use uh, the OBS streaming software so I can do my video game overlays and make it look awesome. Uh, but some other things to consider, a lot of people watch the show in, in landscape mode on their phone. So yes. something that you have to consider, the books need to be on this side, not this side, because the text bar is right here. Yes. Little things like that and details to make the experience better is really what comes in handy on stuff like that. So. Um, our setup's going to have eight books because we found that when I put less than that and we have such a good following, we were flying through stuff too fast. <laughs> and uh, it was becoming a problem, so I had to increase the volume of books. We have a, a spin wheel, and this is where it gets fun. And it's just an automatic spin wheel, and you get a dollar off of a purchase you've made. You get a qualifier to our giveaway books. Um, and then we also have uh, <laughs> what we call it bird shit, which means you got nothing. So that's your, your lose. <laughs> Uh, the cool thing with the bird, uh, the bird chip uh, button is uh, the wife made up this game where let's say I have a book for 50 bucks and somebody comes in and lowballs the crap out of me, which is terrible, by the way. And they go, I'll give you 25 for it. So what we'll do is I'll come up with a price like 47 and then I'll give him 60 and say, spin me for it. People love to gamble. Yeah. So little things like that make it fun. Sometimes I get screwed out of a book, but it's so much fun and almost don't care. It's like, yeah, yeah it, endears, it endears your viewers to you. You got it. And, and the best part is my wife's a terrible loser. So she screams and freaks out. I've seen her flip off the camera and it makes it more <laughs> fun to win against her. So people root. Yeah. So it turns into this big thing and it's just a lot of fun. So Where did the name Bird City Comics come from? If you go to Google and you look at the Urban Dictionary and say nicknames for Phoenix, Arizona, Bird City, Com Bird City comes up. Wow. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's just in the Urban Dictionary, and I've always liked it. So, you know, throw comics at the end of it. and It's something different from the the Joe, you know, Gotham City comics. Nothing against those guys. Love you guys if you're yes. watching. Yes. Big yeah. uh, those guys are awesome. Their shop is super cool before I say something crazy like that. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you get where I'm going with this. You know, all yeah. the comic book names have been taken. It's something a little off the beaten path, I thought. 
And I like you how you have the um, the homage to Phoenix in there. Um, in, we all love our city. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I really like that. I think that's very cool. I thought it was important. People got to know where I'm from and what I represent and uh, where the best street tacos are in town. I know where that's at, too. <laughs> how long did it take for, for you to get in a swing of things um, from when you started to where you felt really comfortable? Sure. Um, and to be truthful to you, I'm still not comfortable, but I think that's what drives us. Yes. Uh, I question everything I do and my wife drive her nuts with the, hey, should I do this? Should I tweak that? And uh, it's just this big thing. But I, I think where I felt that I was making the right decisions, um, it was a while in. It wasn't until very recently just because uh, the starts are rough and, and it's the repetition and the hours. There's so many hours that I put into just thinking about things like positioning of where the books are going to be. Because uh, it's all about the experience you get on your end. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I started feeling comfortable, honestly, about a few months back. And, and it was just like clockwork. I can break up and down my setup in 10 minutes. And I got it to a time. <laughs> I got my books ready to go. And, and we cruise now. Um, one of the, the, the way that I met Anthony was uh, a friend of ours, a friend of the show. You guys all know uh, Josh Garcia, um, the guy that likes to come on the show and not say anything. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have we have two of those guys. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Josh Josh had uh, wanted to sell his collection that he had put a lot of time and money into, and um, it was just a beautiful collection. And and me and Kyle, uh, he he came to me and Kyle at first, be, you know, because we're friends with him. Said, hey, what do you guys think? And we just didn't have the money to throw in on it. And uh, he had said, hey, I got another guy that I became friends with. I see him at all the other shops, you know, on on Wednesday warrioring and all that stuff, and. And I said, "Yeah, man, I think that's a good idea. You know, what what are you thinking?" And we kind of he kind of told me what what uh, what the offers and what you guys were talking about, and it was a very fair offer. Anthony came over. Uh, Josh had the books at my house. Anthony came over, sat, chat with us, looked through the books, um, didn't try to lowball him, um, didn't try to uh, take advantage uh, of his knowledge, his comic knowledge, and, and made a very fair offer, which blew me away uh, right out the bat. And I think that is, um, I, I take, me and Kyle talk about Jesse James comics a lot and the way Jesse James does things. And we really respect him because he puts a lot behind the karma thing. And that's one of the things that I respected about you, Anthony, is how you treated the people that you were buying the books from. Um, yeah. Explain how you how you do that and, and what, what, you know, when you need buy a collection and how people can get a hold of you and stuff like that. Yeah, so I can tell you guys uh, from a business standpoint, the, the lucrative end of a personal collection is much better than random book purchases. Uh, and I know that sounds a little little mechanical, but when you get into the situation with Josh, you know, that's personal. He put the time and effort into collecting that that stuff. I mean, that was a piece of him. So for me to go in here and throw lowball caches, I can tell you honestly, if he came at me with a price that I knew wasn't anywhere near me, I wouldn't have bothered him because – I don't want to have that awkward conversation and put a downer on hours that he spent cataloging that thing. I mean, it was crazy. It was beautiful. It was, um, I think me and Kyle first went through it and I want to say like half the collection was signed by multiple, uh, creators. Um, oh, yeah. he had a full Batman run by Snyder and Capullo signed by both Snyder and Capullo with all the variants signed by all the variant, uh, artists, uh, artists. It was beautiful. It was, it was just gorgeous. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, that was that Batman New 52, and I'll tell you, that has not left this house. It's still I, here. It's still <laughs> I, 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 I was hoping that you would keep that. Um, I felt really jealous when you walked away with those books because it, they were oh, just yeah. so cool. 
Um, oh, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things is that I'm a believer in karma as well. And, you know, that there was so much love in that lot. I can tell you that that night I came home, we unloaded all these boxes. My wife looked at me and she's like, I'll go get two beers. You order a pizza. Let's do this thing. And it was the best night just digging through it. Oh, me and Kyle know how that is. There's nothing better than going through a new collection. I know it's super, and you guys probably all agree, but there's nothing better than rebagging and boarding great comics. Oh, yeah, I agree. It's I agree. So, we have to talk so do you have a lot of problems trying to – so there's so many people that are into this game of buying, flipping, selling, and I've noticed that Phoenix, the Phoenix, the Valley, has become very dry of – with comics because there's so many people fighting for these collections. Do you, do you run into a lot of problems buying collections or does it just, has it been rather easy for you? So the, you know, to Brian, back to Brian's point, it's been easier for me because these guys want to buy change on the comic where if there's value there, you know, and it takes a little longer. So I, I typically am close to the asking price. So it's not been an issue because they've heard the, you know, the 30% mark of, of whatever they're asking. And they're already mad about that because they put all their time into it. I'm going to let it go for 30% of what they pay for it. So I cruise in, I see what it is. You know, I, I may always make them a counter. I tell them ahead of time, like, look, dude, I'm not going to offer you your price right now, but you say a number, I say a number, you say a number, we'll get to someplace nice. Usually they laugh at me and we start. Um, so everybody's happy and I've got books that have value. Yes. Have you found any real honey holes here in the valley? Because to me, those seems like they've dried up. Um, you know, I've, I've hit, if there are, you can tell me off air where they're at. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm trying to think, man. You guys probably hit all the off spots I do. Uh, Zia, you know, hit the Zias, and that's that's good for a hit every once in a while. I can tell yeah, you, are few far between. Dude, I'm over brass armadillo. I don't know if you guys feel the same about that, but. I'm very over that. I was over that years ago. It's the right. same shit. But sometimes you walk in there and you find those, you know, like the books you have behind you, you know, the Hulk third print three seven. Yeah. Back, you know, you so, know what? I found that sandwich between a dirty book. Wow. This collection I bought had some of that in it. And I looked and I was like, I better go through it just in case I missed something. So my wife and I dug through it and I was hiding between pages. Thought that nice. was funny. That's amazing. Yeah, that was pretty cool. What is your cool? coolest score? Okay, go ahead, Brian. Yeah, yeah. What? That, I was going the same route. What is your coolest score? What is the craziest thing that you've pulled out of collections? Oh, man. I had a, a collection that had two Batman Adventure 12s in it. Um, yeah, I had no idea what they were. And, and I told him what they were just so I didn't feel bad. But, you know, the lot was the lot. He didn't adjust anything on me. Karma, man. Karma. Uh, it really is. Uh, the, the Hulk book I showed you guys at Third Printing, which I believe it's – Yep, right oh. there. That was a sweet unicorn for me oh, and Brian. So I don't know if you guys have watched my show, but I do live cleaning and pressing too. So I got that book probably about a, a, a seven five ish, maybe a little high. Cleaned it up to almost an eight five. So yeah. Yeah, nice. When you when you come over here and you and we talk and and we've been kind of talking behind the scenes about um, Anthony helping me maybe uh, work on selling some of my stuff or something and. One of the things that me and Kyle have been trying to do for a while, where you just, you know, when you have a nine to five, you know, it's, it's, it's so hard to keep in this hobby, but we went out and we bought, you know, a lot of pressing stuff. And mm -hmm. I'd be very interested to pick your mind on that. Oh yeah, for sure. A lot of people hold that very close to their chest. And I, I understand why um, it's very nice to have, it's, it's very, it's nice to have more people doing it so you can bounce ideas off each other. Um, but it can be very dangerous. 
Oh yes, it can. I've ruined a couple books learning how to do it. So yes, yes. But, you know, there I thought that ahead of time, so they were books that I could absolutely ruin and not feel terrible about. I mean, it wasn't your first appearance of Deadpool. You know what's funny is I was holding it and something similar like that, and I was like, I'm going to start on this one. I thought, yeah, that's probably a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah, we know that we've got a lot of we've put a lot of fodder away thinking that we'd be able to to press it, but. Um, yeah. That's a whole another ball game. So for sure. Do you do you mainly um, buy other collections, or are you like part of the groups that I see outside the comic book store for, as soon as they open Wednesday morning, long box in hand, ready to to snipe all the good stuff that just came out? <laughs> right. I started that way. I was that guy. So first at the door at LCS is Wednesday. So not so much anymore. I, I've kind of built up a rhythm of what people like. So I, you know, I have my regular box subscription, so I go pick up on Wednesdays. But most of the time, it, it's big comic lots. Uh, I've been blessed. Like I told you guys, I got my wife as a partner, and she researches the hell out of stuff. So she'll send me links in the middle of the day, and I know it's something comic book related. And she'll track me down some good collections. I remember when you came over here to look at Josh's books, um, you made the comment that uh, your wife really surprised you when she i think i think it was a carnage first appearance of carnage that she had gotten you and it was kind yeah. of like that aha moment where you went oh this is working out really well i got my oh. wife out there researching and oh yeah guys you know, me because i got her hooked into the comic game with that 361 she found it at a yard sale for six dollars we created it at a 9.6 it's coming back friday or wow. next friday wow yeah. six dollar carnage so she was hooked at that point um, but with my wife, it's one of those things when she's in, you got to kind of push her in the pool to get her committed. And uh, I took her around to my regular route and she was in from there. That's very cool. Man. Yeah, it was clean. So w some of the other uh, live sellers out there that um, that you watch and that uh, you enjoy, uh, do you have anybody out there, anybody else out there? I mean, not to, you know, uh, take sure. viewers away from your live stream, but what are some of the other guys out there that are doing good things? Um, you know, I, I kind of, uh, Joe Thomas, I don't know if you guys have met her, but that's uh, coffee with comics. She yep. kind of mentored me early on as far as how to deal with people. Um, because it's definitely different from the face to face, you know, interactions, everything can be screenshotted, which I had to start learning, you know, anything I say there's, there's proof. So, uh, she really mentored a lot of that for me and I, and I enjoy her banter, you know, obviously as a seller, I'm not looking to buy a whole lot. So I just enjoy a good show. So yeah, that, them for sure. Um, there's a couple guys that have stopped doing it that I kind of miss. So I used to be a part of a group called the Comic Ninja, and uh, Dave was Dave was another one that kind of helped me out and got me uh, got me moving in the right direction. So I, think I, I was in their time. huge Facebook Messenger group chat that they had. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh. one. <laughs> oh my god, it was insanity. Especially when people were going. Like, yeah, oh yeah, no open-ended questions on there. You were screwed. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I I think that like we said, this this is where the comic selling is going. I think that um, a lot of the comic, I mean, as we know, Jesse James is is big in on, on the live auctions and and a lot he's pulled a lot of other local comic shops in. I think that um, you, Anthony, and Bird City Comics has really taken a huge leap forward and being you know one of the non comic shops that's doing this and and doing it well. Um, uh, very interested in to see where this goes sure, and to, yeah. see, uh, to see how good it, it can become. And, you know, like we were talking, I really hope to work something out in the future and, uh, and try and jump into this, uh, this pool, as you would say. 
Yeah, for sure. Being pushed in the pool. <laughs> Man, yeah. Yeah. it's telling you, it's something else. It's definitely different. So <laughs> I hope you're yeah. ready. <laughs> um, so uh, you guys, if you want to um, see Anthony's live auctions, where can they find you and where? Uh, what's the best way to um, get notifications? Sure. So guys, head over to the Bird City Comics uh, Facebook page. You get a lot of my postings there. We also have our own group. It's the Bird City Comics One Stop Shop. Uh, make sure you subscribe to that. And then, you know, just hit the little belly thing. I think that's what it is. So, yeah. 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 Hit that thing and you'll you'll hear from me. I try to only post once a day so I don't drive you crazy. I'm pretty strict on that. So. And how often are you doing uh, the live auctions? Typically, it's twice a week. So we go Mondays for sure. We've been teetering Friday and Saturday, depending on what happens with the home life. Uh, in the Gabert City Comic Group, I created that group to keep everybody active. So I got a couple other sellers that are in there that do reply auctions just to keep everybody happy and hanging out. Um, and then, you know, I hit him with the live stream. So yes. hit him yeah. with the live stream. <laughs> what, um, what are some tips and tricks that you'd be willing to offer to, to someone who's maybe interested in getting into this game? Not to, to take away from your business, but we do um, you know, have a lot of people all, all over the world that listen to the podcast that might be interested in this. And just some quick tips and tricks that you might be willing to throw out for them. Sure. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm always willing to help. If anybody has a question, just reach out to me. Um, I'm competition just drives the market. So, uh, I would tell you guys, honestly, you know, before camera, before the look that those are great audio, good audio. I can tell you, I have stopped watching very specific local sellers because when they yell, the crackle of the mic drives me crazy and I'm kind of over it and I'm out. Mm-hmm. Audio is huge. It sounds great. Then make it look great. You can throw garbage books with a terrible personality, but you got a good looking and a good sounding show. People will watch it. Um, you know, and then just focus on your content. Make sure you have going in with a plan. It doesn't have to be specific, but just have an idea, whether it's something related to what you're selling for the night or a topic you want to touch on just for filler time. You know, we try to theme our shows with the background. It's funny. I even try to color coordinate it to whatever my wife's going to wear to DJ the thing. Like <laughs> she, she does 15 minutes of camera check. I can tell you that it's it's a thing. I was going to ask, um, what was the learning curve like on the green screen and the, and the uh, you said you use the LBS. Is that what it is? Oh, it's uh, OBS. OBS. That's what it is. Yes. Yeah, OBS. You open. know the open broadcast software? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so a lot of gamers use it. They can do overlays. Yeah, yeah it's good stuff. But um, it's the lighting is terrible. I'm not going to lie to you because you get these um, these bags and you catch them in the studio lighting, which I've got a studio light here and in back of me. So you got to angle them just right, and it's a lot of tweaking and you know, moving the camera and oh, don't move your head this way. And yes. but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that stuff drives me nuts. So I, I got to have it look right. But yeah, that's that's a rough part. Yeah, I I think one of the things that I've noticed, and I've talked with Matt, uh, picking Matt's brain a lot um, with the pod. You know, being a professional podcaster, as Matt likes to um, let everybody know. <laughs> uh, uh, one of the things is the learning curve with some of the software. I always thought that uh, technology, especially computers and, and PC stuff, and I, I could you know figure out pretty easy. And there's some uh, software out there that has a pretty steep learning curve. Oh man! So I think research definitely research that if that's some route you want to go. Don't just jump right into one. Go watch right. the videos. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's a good call. Like you know, start with something basic and just keep building the layers on top of that so you get it to where you want it to be. Um, that's the best way to to learn it to get comfortable with what you're doing. Like I can tell you, I kick my camera all the time, but I know where the thing's supposed to be lined up and I can set it back up like nobody's business and it's still lined up perfectly. Yeah. Uh, so it's little things like that. You got to get comfortable with your setup because it, it's a working space. 
um, there's a lot of running around in the background and I can knock something over no problem, but you got to know where what's what and how to fix it if you do it. Johnny <laughs> on the spot. Oh, man. Well, um, I, I really appreciate you coming on and you're more than welcome to hang out. And uh, I know you said you might have to bail out. So whenever you have to bail, don't don't feel bad about it. Um, you guys got any more questions? I definitely want to segue into that book he just held up there. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. I yes. This. yes. That that uh, deceased book, uh, was that number four that you held up there? Yeah, it was one of my guys had me pre-pull it, so you got all three covers here. <laughs> yes. So yeah. we've been talking about that for the last day or so, pretty heavy. Um, did you read it, Matt? No. Did you read it, Jose? No. Okay. Um, spoilers. I'm going to let Kyle go ahead and explain how this one played out because this is one of the coolest things uh, that I've seen in comics in a long time. So, I mean, if you've read Deceased, you know that Batman was turned into a zombie early on. And it's kind of cool. I mean, it, it, it was a decent read. You were going through it and, you know, they're trying to, they're kind of trying to figure out what to do, what's going on. And, Penny walks up to uh, walks up to Damien and hands him this briefcase. Like, who's this, Alfred? Yeah, Alfred. I call him Penny. Yeah. Um, and he and he opens it up, and it's the it's the fucking it's uh, the cape and the cow. The cape and the cow, and he tells him. He said, "This was he's never told you this, and he should have, but." This is always meant for you. And I was like, damn, that's badass. I know, man. I'm a huge Damien fan. Kyle's a big Damien fan. Um, I mean, I geek out over stuff like that. I geeked out when when um, Dick got the uh, Cape and Cal and Prodigal. Um, I geek I geek out anytime, you know, the Cape and Cal goes to somebody other than uh, Azrael. So um, I thought it was a very cool last page. Um, the way they showed it and to have Alfred give it to him, uh, it kind of, uh, I hate to say it because it sounds cheesy, but it almost brought a tear to my eye, man. It was freaking cool. Is that going to transition into anything moving forward? Because that sounds like a good plot point that might just be wasted on this six issue miniseries. Well, it is, it is an Elseworlds tale, right? I think they're, they're billing it as an Elseworlds tale. Does that sound right? Does anybody know? I mean, Anthony, you got it in front of you. Does it say an Elseworlds tale on any of the trade drafts? It doesn't. And what yeah. makes me think, too, if it's an Elseworld, when you get it CGC or CBCS, will they count that as first appear or first time that Damien was offered the, the cow from Batman? Is that yeah. now a key? That's a good question. We all know, I think it was, what, uh, Batman 666, where uh, it's like a future story where Damien's wearing the yeah. cow. Um, but yeah, that's the definitely the first time he's you know in, in continuity. I would I guess, but it's not in continuity, so that's mm. the one thing. Um, because the only bat, the only other person, well, other than him, other than Azrael and Terry McGinnis, would be Dick, who's been offered it, right? Dick Wharton, Prodigal. Yeah, mm -hmm. but that's considered and, uh, that's considered uh, canon with Battle for the Cowl and between him and, 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 and Tim Dick, and Dick also Wharton, a Wonder Woman book. Um, they had to tr to, to uh, trick the Joker, I think it was, and uh, in order to trick him, Dick wore the uh, the cape and the cow. So, 
Um, I can't remember the number of that one. Old, old Wonder Woman book back, uh, mm-hmm. probably early eighties stuff. Remember a DC movie too was like a uh, bad blood where he had to wear it and fake being Batman. Cause Batman was like a zombie at that point too, or something. I didn't see that. I, I, I'm not sure. But I don't that, know if that's based on a book, but that would be a, that cool. does go into Titans. Did you guys see the Titans trailer? I'm that's, Wow. So are they moving the DC app over to something else or is that what's going on with it or is it still worth subscribing to or what? Matt, is it is that going uh, with the Warner Brothers? No, nobody knows for sure right now because I know they, they're they saying that they're going to keep it and they're going to keep their content there. But then you've got the announcement of the HBO Max, um, which is including the Warner Brothers stuff. And they're going to start showing Doom Patrol on there as well. So no one really knows what's going on with it right now. And after Disney just pretty much changed the game, announcing Disney Plus and the price point at 13 bucks for Hulu Plus, ESPN Plus, and all of Disney's content, who knows what these other companies are going to do because that's going to put Netflix on notice. That's going to that's gonna change the game. Disney pretty much just changed the game overnight when it comes to streaming. Well, if, for those of you who want to play or that are in the spec game, uh, look, be on the lookout for those Teen Titans too again. Um, I was trying to buy one from Jesse today. Yeah, for all the those you know that haven't seen it, yet, it's another spoiler. But you know how we treat spoilers on here. Go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> uh, the end of the the end of the trailer it shows uh, Deathstroke. Do you do you really uh, think that's going to do much for the price of that book? Seeing as he's already been an Arrow a handful of times. He was seen well, at the it, end of the um, the Justice, or he was seen at the end of the Justice League, right? And yeah. Then, and the thing, every one of those, that book shot up. It's not like it went, you know, every one of those, that book shot up. So I don't see why it wouldn't shoot up again. And if, if, if this character is played out and they don't kill him out, kill him off like they do in Marvel movies, um, it could be really, I think Deathstroke is one of the best villains out of any villain. So um, if they play it out right and we're gonna. We're probably gonna see Rose. So that first appearance of Rose, uh, Deathstroke twelve, I think it is. First appearance of Rose. That's probably gonna shoot up again. Um, well, this will be the first time we see Crypto in anything live action, right? Yeah. So Chuck, if you're listening, man, that Crypto book just got even got even better. Um, pretty amazing to out of that collection. We pulled out the first Crypto and the second Crypto, I think. So. Uh, that will be a that's already a book that's just way out of range. It'll be um, the first live action. Well, no, it's not the first live action Superboy because they had a Superboy TV show, but it's the first live. I think it's the first live action Superboy Ken doll. Superboy, hmm. you see that where he jumped out? Yeah, it's got no junk. So I thought that was a black shirt one, or <laughs> yeah, it's the black shirt one. Okay, I mean, I gotta say something real quick to everybody, to everybody out there. I'm drinking Bullet and Coke. Cheers to everybody. Have a drink. Oh, man. I'm drinking Captain and Coke, but I swear there's no Coke in this. Jeez, lady. <laughs> oh, let the drinking begin. Cheers. <laughs> um, kind of uh, to Segu, uh, on to the other, some more DC stuff. And it's the. Uh, Here comes the hate messages in the chat. It's Segway. Yeah. It's Segway. It's Segway. Yeah. Um, Kevin Conroy is going to. Um, He's going to be uh, Batman uh, in the Batman Beyond version of the uh, Crisis event. Not just him, um, but Kevin, but Mark Hamill is going to be the Joker, too. 
exactly. So we got two very cool uh, actors, uh, iconic actors for those roles um, reprising. It's so funny that we got Mark Hamill as the Joker and then Mark Hamill, what was that other character? The Trickster. The Trickster. Mm -hmm. So you got to love that. I really love how they're using Mark Hamill um, and a lot of this other stuff. Uh, He's kind of become, you know, cool again. And uh, I think that's cool. Again? Right? Cool. Well, he kind of fell off there for a little bit when he was doing like video games. It'll always be cool. I just love, I just love the fact that it's still like because they announced Kevin Conroy as as Batman in this, it sparked the oh, we're gonna get a Batman Beyond TV show where where he's gonna be old man Bruce Wayne and Terry McGinnis. Like, and every time they announce something, it just sparks that speculation of of Terry McGinnis and when are we getting a Batman Beyond and. Because like, people love that book. It they launches everything. You know, I had a collection that had one through 20 on in it, and they were really nice. Well, the book to look out for is a book that Kyle picked up uh, about a year ago, I think. It's the um, Six Flags variant Yep. Um, that they gave out free at Six Flags, and it's stamped uh, uh, Six Flags on it. So keep an eye out for that one. Offer up. Yep. Um, and then I want to say the ink appearance. First appearance of Ink is also another one. Um, There's something so. I wanted to ask you real quick, Brian. Um, someone was telling me about this the other day, and I wasn't sure if it was true or not. Do you know if CGC is actually labeling the uh, the Joker Who Laughs book the first appearance of Jim Gordon as Batman Beyond? I don't know. I don't know. I can look it up. I mean... Uh, so what is that? The Batman who laughs number one? No, I can't remember which issue it is. I think it's number four or number five. Um, you know, Anthony, you, you sling a lot of books. I'm, Man, I wanted to say that sounds right, but now I'm second guessing myself. But I think you're right because it was book four that he has the um, where they're reminiscing about uh, the other versions. Does that sound right? Number six. Was it uh, six? Okay. Yeah, the Cape Crusader has his hands full with comics, title villain, Scott Snyder, and Josh Batman Life number six. Um, yeah, and it talks about Jim Gordon along with his son James. Yeah, Grim Knight or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, so it looks like that's it. Who's Grim Knight Beyond? And it shows Jim Gordon in the Batman Beyond suit. Which Grim Knight? I don't know. I just picked up uh, Grim Knight issue one, nine point eight, and it's the homage to Batman four twenty three. Ah, badass! I got that, and I bought a Lady Death homage to four, Batman four twenty three. So I went through that Slabbed Heroes site to get that Grim Knight one. Um, so if you guys don't know about Slabbed Heroes, that's another cool site where you can get uh, new books that are coming out. They they'll like allocate so many copies for. The 9.8 sales and they'll send them out and you can buy 9.8 for like 50 bucks um so keep an eye on that page yeah, yeah that's a great cover anytime i see a mcfarlane homage i'm i'm game speaking of uh cgc so just an update for everyone so uh after my bullshit with cgc i reported them to the better business bureau and within 35 to 40 minutes they emailed me back saying that they were going to honor my my fast pass finally yeah. After what show is that? I'll go back the, and watch that. After all the bullshit. So let me ask you, did they say what the grade was going to be? No, they haven't said anything about the grade yet. 
But the only other thing is, I'm I'm specu I'm speculation is that they replaced the book because when I log into my account, it says that they they insured it for two hundred dollars, and that um, they told me they were not going to do the pressing because there was no noticeable damage. So oh. I'm kind of wondering if they they did replace the book. Fuck yeah, they should have. So. I mean, if they didn't, that's that's complete shit. But that's on them. Yeah. If they drop the book, they need to replace it. So, period. Um, that's unfortunate if that's that's caused that bad of damage to make them do that. But if they're a good company, they'll honor it. Yeah. Yep. They'll honor it. So let's talk about the big news uh, about this uh, Thanos theory. Um, we're all uh, hearing about all these rumors about uh, Eternals and Galactus coming and all that stuff, and we got the Devourer of Worlds theories. Um, what is this theory about Thanos and the Devourer of Worlds? So the theory is like the going that um, Thanos had a backup plan. So he went ahead, and when he snapped the second time in Endgame to destroy the uh, the Infinity Stones, that he had a backup plan, and in doing so, his backup plan was to make sure that you know his his fight to bring balance to the world would not be undone. Thanos is. You want me to scream it like Tim just did in the chat? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> I can scream it. Um, but Thanos scream is... What? Thanos. Bring me Thanos. Thanos' fight to, to bring balance was never undone. That he created... Um, his backup plan was basically Galactus when he, when he did the, the second snap creating Galactus. So see, I would be cool with I don't like that. I'd be cool with if his snap like was the butterfly effect that brought the devourer of worlds. I don't like that Thanos put it in motion because Galactus is way bigger than Thanos. You know what I mean? I think Galactus well to bring the Galactus in if you try to bring him in in his comic book form, they're going to have to retcon stuff that was brought up in uh in Doctor Strange, because they talk about how the the Big Bang happened, and that you know the Infinity Stones helped form the galaxy and and all that. So if you go with the original storyline behind Galactus, you kind of have to retcon back that a little bit and and set up that there was a galaxy and worlds before our galaxy was created. I thought this was more of like because of the snap, this was a repercussion. No, and this th is something that was created because of it. That's that's kind of how I interpret it. That that's a good way to interpret it. But the way the fan it's theory that is, is snap is you yeah know, the way the, the second snap yeah. But the way the fan theory is laying it out is that be, when Thanos did the second snap, he put in place he had a backup plan, and in doing so, he created his backup plan was Galactus. Huh. So well, so like he he thought about it, envisioned it, and said yeah. A huge planet motherfucker that's purple. If that's the case, I'm cool with it because that means that we're gonna have Galactus and Darkseid both at the same time. But I like I like your theory way your direction with it way more, Brian. Because and, and Kyle's too. If it's a repercussion that like attracts him to us, it would explain why he's got heralds and the, the it's a great way to bring in the Silver Surfer. And it's a great way to, to do all that because retconning a little bit and explaining, oh, well, he was just a mortal person from a time before our universe was created who 
you know, was basically put into limbo and slumber. And when he woke up, he, you know, his, his the cosmic energy forced him to want to eat worlds to for sustenance. <laughs> you know, it's it's, it's kind of crazy to think that, you know, with the with the rumors of Galactus, we got the Eternals coming, and the rumors of Darkseid being the next big villain in DC. All those are all three Jack Kirby creations um, showing up all at the same time. That's cool. The That's only, crazy. The only one I don't buy buy into is is Dark Side because of the way with DC do or the way DC is moving everything around. I don't think you're going to get Dark Side. I don't think it's happening. Well, I think they saw. I I think they saw what Thanos was did in Avengers, and they went, "We need a Thanos," and who's you know. Like a Thanos-like character in DC, it's Darkseid, and they already brought in his heralds. But you know, they scrapped that. That timeline's done. They're not going to move forward with ju- another Justice League movie. So I, everything's I separate. That. But I, I mean, people like have an idea about what he is and who he is. You know what I mean? So it's it, they don't have to explain it. Well, where are they going to bring him in? They're going to throw him in just someone else's movie, or they're going to have to recast and do another Superman movie for him? I mean, how would you? I can't remember, how would you introduce him? Did any of you guys hear um, that rumor that um, he was uh, he was coming and where where they were saying he was showing up? I'm not a big rumor guy. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, Kyle, you're the man. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh man. Oh. <sighs> I'm I'm not sure what book that was. Again. <laughs> One one thing that we were talking about earlier with Anthony was um, Donny Cates stuff. Anthony, tell us tell us about uh, your your cool story about Donny Cates. Oh yeah, so uh, you know these, these super sexy Bird City comic shirts. Uh, we sent them out to a couple of our customers, and uh, he met Donny Cates, and we sent him an extra. Didn't know he was going to meet Donny Cates, but sent him some extra tees because the guy's awesome. And uh, he sent me a photo, and it's him and his wife with Donny Cates, and he's got one of our Bird City comic shirts, which is freaking amazing. Yeah, awesome. it is. It's super awesome. Yeah, he asked what we, you know, what are these guys about? And he's like, oh, we got your shirt. And he asked a couple of real simple questions, but he was starstruck besides saying, you know, they're they're cool. That's all we got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing. Yeah, all right, I'll take it. You know, with with all the craziness surrounding, you know, the God Butcher and, and that sword, that Necro sword, and um, how he's using that and the whole is is that's come up in the carnage stuff. Has that come up in the carnage stuff yet? Uh, Venom mostly. So okay. that, the, 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 just the Kate's Venom run that I've seen a lot of it in. So that that's still crazy. Um, some of those those books, those oh, yeah. old school books uh, that um, oh Jason, the carnage yeah yeah I think it was the Thor got uh, yeah. under the Jason is that the Jason Aaron run. That's the Aaron run. It was yeah. what, what book two and six, and there was another one in there that they called that, the other. That's one of the best runs and storylines in Thor you will ever read. I'll right. put it up. I, I'll put that up with there with some of the great, you know, Simonson stuff and some of that stuff. I, I have a lot of respect for Donny Cates. Um, I have a lot of respect for Hickman and what Hickman's doing right now with the whole uh, X Men stuff. Absolutely crazy, uh, game changing. He's really changing everything. Like he said, he was he was trying to clean up all the the mess that uh, X Men continuity was. Jay said you had one job, Matt. <laughs> this wasn't me. This was YouTube cool. <laughs> podcast unsubscribed bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, talking about the Bogcast, I gotta, I gotta tell you guys, uh, I just put together a killer PC, man. I, uh, we, we, we lost our, our main, uh, show PC. It was, we were using a Mac and, and Keith's Mac just bit, you know, bit it and dead. And, um, so we decided we're just going to build something, a windows, a windows machine. So I ended up getting uh, the new AMD 3700X. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I a nice getting, processor. Yeah, it really is. I was I wanted the 3900X, um, but you just can't find them anywhere. Literally, it, and it might be months. Um, there, there's just such a fuck up over that that uh, you're not going to get them. So, anyways, I, I built a, a machine with that, and uh, and it's unbelievable what a good machine. Put some money behind a good machine. What that will do um, for projects like video editing and obviously gaming and that type of stuff. It is, uh, we edited a, sh- a new podcast episode in like two hours um, from beginning to end, you know, uh, in this machine. So definitely, if uh, any of you guys are ha- having issues like that, if you're able to throw some money at it and put something together. That's cool, like man. Money. Yeah, we're, we're going to get along just fine. I love building PCs. I build mine, and I'm sitting here just jonesing. I'm like, ah. Oh. There's nothing better than that than that time when you're putting every, the idea together, and you're like, okay, what am I, you know, what do I want to get? You're doing research, and no. excited. You know, my favorite part was going to that, uh, uh, I can't think of the website now, but the website where you plug in your parts to make sure they're all compatible. Yeah, part and checker. Like, oh, that doesn't work. I got to find a new one. Oh, man. I probably did like 10 builds of ones I'll never own just to mess with the part builder. Yeah. Yeah. I had a lot of fun. Um, and with Amazon and Newegg and how fast yep. everything got shipped out, I had my parts within a week. I had everything within a nice. week. So I, you know, I put it together in half a night and um, it's a uh, pretty unreal. What would you do when you hit the power button and the lights came on for the first time? <laughs> I, I no, gotta, I, no, I got to tell you, this is what happened. So I hit the so I hit the power button, Nothing. and the, everything came up. Everything came up good, fine. Uh, all my lights and my, my LEDs are showing good, but my monitor wouldn't show up. So I'm like, "What the fuck?" And I hooked up uh, H, HDMI, and just wouldn't show up. And so I start troubleshooting. I'm pulling. I go as far as all, pulling the whole board apart. And pulling out the CPU to check for bent pins. Nothing. Yep. So I put everything back together and I'm just fucking pissed. And uh, I'm like, I'm going to try another monitor. So I had my brother grab his monitor, bring it over and or put it, bring it down and, and uh, plugged it in. Fucking worked fine. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That, same thing happened to me. Turn it on. Got a red light. It powered down. My wife walks by and goes, what's wrong? And I just looked at her and she's just, I hear her go, kids, stay away from dad for about an hour or two. Yep. <laughs> yep. Losing it. I couldn't figure out why I wouldn't power on. Eventually I got it and it was my fault. So Just yeah. screaming at the air, man. I uh-huh. was screaming. I, when I pulled out the CPU, I fucking got thermal paste in some of the pins. Oh, so I had to oh. clean the pins. Oh, <laughs> uh-huh. What a- fucking nightmare oh yeah oh and my family's all super sarcastic if you haven't caught on to what happens around here so my nine-year-old walks by and stops and goes what's wrong dad your computer not work and i was like little <laughs> yes and, you know he runs off he thinks it's hilarious it's just how we treat each other that's, that's love and my family is antagonizing each other so. <laughs> kyle's uh got a got a new build that uh, he's gonna be doing with his son coming up here so yeah dude i'm telling you man have you guys read my story on my page on why I got into comics? No. 
check it out if you ever get the chance because no, what it was i'll give you the story okay so my son refused to read wouldn't do it and and the wife is saying he's got to read and and you got to figure it out because me and him are weird like we're besties so if i say it it's cool um so he's driving in my car and i'm giving him this super awesome speech i'm talking like dad of the year stuff they're gonna give me a freaking award okay son you gotta read it's so important guy yada 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 and he goes okay dad what do you read i was like oh crap I don't read anything. <laughs> and at that moment, we happen to be driving past a comic book store. I'm like, okay, you little turds, let's do this. Pull in. I see the comic book store. I pull off the road. Him and I walk inside, and boom, nostalgia came back. Back in the day, I used to be a big Blue Beetle fan when I was a kid uh, because they were dollar comics and I could afford them. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, him and I go nuts. We spend like 50 bucks in this comic book shop, and right next door was a pizza place. So we would get comics go and get a pizza and read them. And we did this for Wednesday after Wednesday. That's badass. Eventually it became a thing. And I can tell you, we just got his test scores back and the kid's gifted. And yes, he's gifted in reading, which is crazy. <laughs> he wouldn't read about a year and a half ago. Wouldn't do it. Fucking cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Leave it to comics. He loves his comics, man. I run in the house. He starts throwing crap. He's like, this isn't mine. This is mine. I'm like, those are mine. <laughs> <laughs> he likes uh, Batman Turtles right now. He likes Teen Titans. He's a big Damien fan. He's got every key that has to do with Damien Wayne um, in his personal collection. Yeah. Uh, ba Batman Turtles is his gem. And then Teen and uh, what, am I, what was I just saying? The one with him. Uh, Don't they got a new Batman Turtles coming out? Number three is out right now. They're in part. I just gave it to him right now. So he's reading it. Is that the, uh, the Gotham, the um, animated Batman series? No, that one's from Batman Turtles number one. We're up to Batman Turtles three now. Oh, really? Uh-huh. That movie just came out, which is funny because I told my wife we're going to watch this cartoon. She comes walking by and then uh, Shredder throws a ninja star and decapitates this dude. And she's like, should he be watching this? I'm like, it's a cartoon. <laughs> it's fine. It's fake. <laughs> I think we've talked about this that on this show a lot is that we would love to see a really dark Ninja Turtles movie. It's like the materials uh, there. Yeah. So um let's see what we got here. So uh Deadpool uh talking about the PG thirteen shit, that's kind of cheesy. I don't know why they would even want to do that. Uh I know, I know. I know they're saying it's Disney fied, but wasn't Disney just talking about doing R-rated stuff? That's what I'm saying. That's why I think they should go with an R-rated, separated, like line where they have you know it's still part of the continuity of a Marvel comics and our Marvel cinematic universe, and they can have people come in and go. But do an R-rated line. That's why they. I think that's why they announced Blade at the end of Phase Four, or at the end of the last phase. Yeah, Phase Four without giving a timeline. And not saying that it's phase five. I think they're they're going to announce something else along those lines at Disney Plus or not Disney Plus, but at D twenty, because there's or whatever their fucking their announcement festival is. Um, but I think they'll separate lines, so you'll have R rated movies. Like I think that's where if you ever get another Wolverine movie after the success of Old Man, of Logan, they're going to go wet route. They're going to. So there's, there's more down the pipeline. Yes, the pipeline, Kyle. <laughs> So, like yeah, that Marvel Dark Knight series that they had, or like oh, series that they had. I would, I would even, I wouldn't even be surprised if they like retitle it like the Marvel Knights line for cinematic universe, where it's just darker and R-rated stuff. So you're gonna get Blade, Marvel Pipeline. There you go, Blade. Um, 
<laughs> Deadpool, <laughs> Logan, you know, stuff like that. Because didn't they introduce Jessica Jones on that line? The Marvel Knights or something like that? Yes. That that first uh, alias, wasn't that Marvel yep. Knight? Yeah. Because of grittier and darker and... Well, I did see where they're selling all the Daredevil stuff, right? So they're definitely killing that. That's crazy that they're auctioning that stuff off. Fucking, it kind of pisses me off. I don't think they're going to kill it, though. I think they're going to just reboot, and they're going to make it's going to be a new suit. I I think Charlie Cox comes back. I I think you're going to see him be made into a movie. That that series is so popular. That series is leaps and bounds more popular than all the other Netflix Marvel stuff that came out. So they're going to give him his own movie. I think it's it just hasn't been announced yet. Just need to do it. If they do, it's going to be a different. There's going to be a different person playing it. You don't think it'll be Charlie Cox? And he does such a good Daredevil. I think too. it will because I, I I think it will. I love a good Daredevil. Hey, we'll make a bet. What do you want to bet? Well, because there's already there's already talking stipulation about him, or speculation. Let's do speculation here. speculation like about him being in the next Spider-Man movie after the way Far From Home ended. Well, he's already been in movies before, so he's already a you know I would say you know film actor where you get some of the, the like the Flash character, and then the guy that casted him in Justice League is uh, the dude from Harry Potter. I can't tell any name, but I know he's in Fantastical Beasts. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know he's already got some movie cred, so maybe they will tr- uh, cast Charlotte Cox because he was in uh, Stardust. Yeah, well, I, I think Charlie Cox did his best acting in fucking Daredevil. He did such a good oh, job. Yeah. Being British, you can't even tell he has the the. the that, that always blows me away is when you can't even fucking tell they have the uh, the British accent. That like yeah. Homelander and the boys, you, you can't even tell that guy killed it. That guy was so good in that. And, and anyways, well, I'm pretending to be blind. How hard is that? Just yeah. staring off in his face and holding. <laughs> no, he does that well. <laughs> I try to do that when my wife's giving me chores. I'm like. <laughs> I got pretty good at doing that too. <laughs> <laughs> Working on it. She's like, hey, can you take out Thumb? <laughs> I even get my cane out and everything and start clicking around. <laughs> That's It'd be funny. funny if you had one that like the ones that break down and put them in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> so every time she starts talking, I just whip it out. <laughs> <laughs> I start trying to find the door. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that well, that's a bummer. You know that there's everything going on with with. Not, hopefully, we'll see more of uh, Charlie Cox's Daredevil. I think uh, you're, I think you're going to see a big resurgence in the the more graphic and gritty superhero stuff, especially with like in two weeks the boys is blown up, and that's like the hottest thing in the planet right now. Umbrella Academy was was absolute fire. So you're gonna see that they're they're you know they're paying attention and seeing that the call for and the want for for a more gritty superhero dynamic is there. So well, I don't, we got we got carnage coming. So if that's where they want to go, yeah, they got the after the after the fucking way Venom went though, I don't have hopes for Carnage. Even if they're gonna give Tom Hardy more input. What about Andy Serkis as the director? Yeah, I don't. That does, the, the director doesn't make the movie better if the script still sucks ass. Yeah, well, I don't know. I think that uh, if they go really dark, uh, that's the best character to go dark. 
the, um, and they got a great character. They got a great actor playing the character. So, oh yeah. The I mean the fact that they made Venom a buddy cop movie. <laughs> just, just the yeah. fact they made Venom a buddy cop movie is it ruins it. Well, the problem with the movies is, is they have to make that nice middle ground for people that don't read the books, right? You know, it's got to appeal to all audiences, so they pull up on the dark to make it appealing. Yeah, let's let's face it, Carnage should be rated R without even a script. We should just know that. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's kind of why I hope a lot of these movies start going the route of Netflix and and straight to the streaming things um that way you don't have to worry about that to your point anthony i think if they announce carnage isn't going to be rated r it's going to hurt sales for that movie oh absolutely people are going to turn away from it well the nerds come in force i mean we're still the big market you know they got to make that back end dollar so that's where they try to find that nice gray just pisses us off yep yeah well uh there is a word of a train wreck coming though to the mcu and that is the uh black widow movie um, word that it's just going to be uh, an SJW shit show. Hold on, uh, before before we move on to that, just real quick, Mac uh, Max Scotty just put on Facebook: uh, the people that were kids when the superhero genre started to kick off are now adults. I want darker uh, side instead of the vanilla pop that re- uh, required for tweens. So that, I I never even thought about it like that. There you go. Yeah. So. But anyways, oh. what about um, Black Widow? Uh, just, just how there, there's rumors that it's just absolute garbage, um, social justice warrior, really PC, uh, type shit that, uh, is kind of going to set them back. I think if they put something out like that, um, I don't, I'm, I don't want to hear any more politics in my movies. I don't, I don't care about that. I, I go to the movies to, uh, get away from that bullshit. You don't, you don't think they say that just because it's an, it's a female led movie. Because they said that a lot about Captain Marvel, too, that it was going to be this PC, yeah. uh, social justice, feminist-driven, yes. b- yeah, he- male-hating yeah. movie. What, Kyle? I said I need to speak to your manager. Yeah. <laughs> well, she definitely had that haircut in Endgame. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> yeah. Well, well they- now I'm Daredevil. Yeah. <laughs> you know you know what makes up for it though is the power set because the thing that bothered me about, about black widow in the movies is i hated that she beat up like 20 marines i, I couldn't buy it you know where captain marvel at least you know she's got something else going on in her we should throw some shit at you and blow you up but you know black widow beating up 20 marines in a building i just i had a hard time with that and that's where it kind of gets for me It'll be interesting to see where they go either way because, you know, they're going to introduce that new character and um, that'll be interesting. That new character was also introduced in that Marvel Knights line, which was a more, that was Marvel going the more adult route with that line. So, I don't know. Who knows? Could just be a crazy rumor. Jay Um, says, I personally think there's no need for a Black Widow film. And Kyle agreed with him in the chat, but... I think the reason they're doing it is to establish a new, uh, an heir to the throne for her. And that's what you're going to get in this film. But I personally agree and think that Taskmaster is fucking wasted. A wasted villain in this movie. This was the yeah, wrong got, movie to put him in. If yeah. they pull a crossbones, I'm going to fucking lose it, man. Because Taskmaster is the, the least uh, villain you want to waste. Yeah. He's so good. Um, and that terrible uh, uniform 
that we saw him in those pictures that everybody was talking about. Looked that's terrible. Yeah, and that's straight out of the comics. That was a, uh, a, out, a outfit costume that he wore straight out of the comics. It was dog shit then. It's dog shit now. So, yeah, they definitely got me worried. We'll see what happens. I, I, um, to me, but to kind of poach on something that Anthony said, to me it makes sense that she can dispatch all those dudes just because she's an assassin, the way she was trained. and because she's hot. That. Yeah, it's because she's hot. Really <laughs> I mean, she's she's got that that hitman like John Wick style training. So I don't know. I, I think she's beat. Oh, you God. don't call her. Here we here we go again, Ryan. <laughs> uh, two out of twenty, you get what you pay for, right? <laughs> See, do do you guys play uh, Assassin's Creed at all? I do. Okay, so do you remember, and I'm remembering, I can't remember the steampunk one, but the, my thing with, with uh, Black Widow, in that game, you had to toggle between the brother and the sister because she was more stealthy, That's, and he was uh, more broody. Is that Unity? It's the one right after that. It's the one that takes place in England. It's the steampunky one. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. I just can't so, think of... And that's kind of my Black Widow for me. She, you know, one-on-one, one-on-two for sure. A hallway full of guys coming at her. I was like, all right, they should handle her. Nope. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm going to go. This is bathroom break time. There's nothing better than a Marvel hallway scene. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, she. what's the one where the guy, she like does that pose where she stops like this and the guy just falls back camera. And I'm like, where the hell did he come from? How'd she get him up there? Yeah. They, they all, it's all their uh, homage to uh, old boy. There you go. Like they all want to do an old boy scene. Um. One of the one of the crazy things that happened uh, was the um, Rob Liefeld fiasco is continuing. Uh, I guess he 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 did something kind of stupid out in London. Oh, it's um, sy- it's Syndicate is the one you're thinking of. Syndicate. Syndicate. Boom. That's my jam. Does anybody know about what what this whole thing was about? The Matt. Oh, Matt the, knows the whole story. Yeah. Dude, he uh, so. He went to this convention after um, after San Diego and in England in London, and basically he sent out a tweet um, to the the runner of the convention, pretty much just lambasting him, being like, "Hey, so uh, my room was supposed to be complimentary. Um, they charged it to my credit card. All charges went to my credit card. It's not a big deal. I just want to be know if I'm being reimbursed. Um, what's going on?" And the guy responded, well, Rob, you know, on Twitter, well, Rob, you know, if you would have stayed in the, the lodging that was provided by the convention, this wouldn't have been an issue. But because you decided that you needed to stay at a different hotel away from the convention with your entourage, um, that this happens. You have to put a credit card on file. It happens. But don't worry. We'll take care of it. So then he's about a few hours later, he tweets again. Feeling super sick. Don't know uh, if I'm going to make it today, but I have to get up because I've got a line of people waiting for me. And then he tweets again. I, I might pass out during my signing because I'm super sick, but don't worry, guys. I'm on my way. And then he just starts getting fucking roasted by everybody, all the other creators that are there. Everyone starts tweeting, making fun of him. Oh, I'm, you know, got a hangnail, but don't worry. I'm on my way. You know, constipated, <laughs> might not make it today, but don't worry, I'm on my way. You know, they just, all these what other creators. What were some of the creators that were doing it? Um, you'd have to look in that, that post, or the, the article. I can't remember who. Kit who Cox. What. But, 
Gary Erskine. They just start taking shots at him. Yeah. And then he, so I guess later on, he misses his uh, his photo session. And there, people are tweeting at him, hey, where are you? You know, you're late for your photo session. And Rob tweets out, um, this convention is, he, something like this convention is a, is a mess. Like, no, nobody's telling me where I need to be. And and what time things need to be done? Be done. And the the convention organizer again fires back with, "Nope, your your people have been notified of where you got to be. Your itinerary has been given. It's been signed off on. Your people need know where they need to go." And then Rob responds with, "No truth. That, that's lies. Like half truth. That's fake." And it just like snowballed from there. And then you have other creators like chiming in about how you know they all know where they're supposed to be and they all know where to go and they've got all their information and they can't understand how he's the only one that can't figure this out and it was just a giant shit show man and like it just seems like his ego is just exploded over the last oh, few yeah. weeks and he's like ever since major x came out and it was a hot book for its six issue run like his ego has just tripled in size and he's just he thinks his shit doesn't stink and he's like the world he thinks he's like God's gift to man like he's the next Stan Lee or something he went all uh, Antonio Brown on everybody pretty much yeah he's <laughs> gotta wear his own helmet guys well I, I think the helmet thing with him is a is a that's a a scapegoat for the fact that they gave him frostbite <laughs> so <Right? laughs> I think that's hilarious that that moron decided to step into like negative 200 C you know, craziness with no foot protection. <laughs> what a moron. And whoever at Paris St. Germain thought that was a good idea needs to fucking lose his job. And the funny thing is I'm trying to think of a way to like get on him and say something really funny and offensive, but how can you, how stupid is that? Like anything I couldn't say couldn't beat the actual act of putting his foot in there. The dumbass. They came out today saying he had severe frostbite. Frostbite. Yep. Who? That dude might not come back to ever play. Like that dude mm. might lose his fucking feet. Yep, toes. They go. Antonio, Antonio Brown. Brown. He's a football player. So we're comparing him to Rob Liefeld. Him and the other crazy cray baby. Yeah. Hey, Rob Liefeld's my friend. Is he? <laughs> it's your boy. He hasn't blocked you yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's his jam. No, we're, we're all blocked by him. All, all except for Brian. Nope. Brian, I, you're not. I'm not afraid it's safe. He hey, hasn't blocked me yet. I have the second appearance of Deadpool that says, to Kyle, your friend, Rob Liefeld. You should send him, or send it to me, and I'll send it to him since you're blocked. We've, we've <laughs> roasted him so much, not only are we blocked, but he refused to do an interview with us at San Diego. He absolutely oh, refused. He knew you were on his list. He just pulled it out and said, hell no to you guys. How funny would that have been? That would have been classic to get uh, an interview and talk to him with wearing that shirt. That would have been absolutely classic. Yeah. I want one now so I can wear it on the show. You will get you one, man. All right. I'll, I need some sizes so I can send you guys some of these. All right. We'll do it. After I got an absolute geek shirt I'll send you. Sweet. Totally will rock that. Um, yeah. That, that, that's Rob Liefeld. Um, you know, that's, that's, I think he's a big dumpster fire, uh, and he's fun to watch. It's fun to watch burn. Oh yeah, douchebag. Um, I I would love to hear like the the I would love to be a fly on the wall and like the like Jim Lee, Todd McFarlane, Todd McFarlane, you know, Eric Larson 
conversations where they're just roasting Rob Liefeld. What a douche he is. I want to know who commented on the post now so I can definitely follow them if I don't. Yeah. Put your name on something and call him out directly. Those are now my friends. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, about what, 30, 23 to 30 minutes to block us maybe? Not even that long? Yeah, uh, it took an hour. It did it? Yeah, it was an hour. So I have not been blocked yet. Why don't we do this next time? The Liefeld block challenge. You guys feed me lines to tweet to him and see how long before he blocks me. All you, have to, all you have to do is take a shot about how garbage his art is and you're going to be blocked. But how light? Can I say, oh, your jawlines are a little off. Will that do it? I, I, uh, I would be interested to see that because I went in pretty hard on him when I did it. And See, I'll start light and we'll build. There you go. Yeah, you started. Uh, he's a dumpster fire. Yeah, I did. I well, no, I called his. I called his art an embarrassment to the community. <laughs> oh man, he called his mom and cried after that one. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Nah, he doesn't need us. He's making all this money on uh, doing shout outs and shit. People paying him thirty dollars a shout out. Mm-hmm. Oh, we need to do that. Yeah. So, so he can draw like it's nineteen ninety five again. He can draw us one foot. <laughs> did you guys see that that uh, new Punisher cover? Uh, forget the artist. It's a new cover where the face of the Punisher looks terrible, but he's holding up these badass guns. Have you guys seen that new cover? It's from the current run. Uh, I'm not sure what the book is. It's I think it just got the image just got released. And the reason I bring it up is because the guns are really badass looking and they're fucking massive. So there's ways to draw guns that look cool. You know, that big guns. Every single gun that Rob Liefeld draws looks like complete shit. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of? Are Starship Troopers, that style of gun. They're always these big, yeah. like, laser-looking, but they shoot bullets. Yeah. Look at that bent. Yeah. Stupid. That, dude, I want to pay Rob Liefeld 30 bucks on that site to, and see if he'll recite his Levi's commercial. <laughs> I want to pay him 60 I want him to recite that Levi's commercial from the 90s. What the fuck are you opening, Jose? Where he's like, I didn't even go to art school. <laughs> we can tell. Have you guys ever seen the Complex interview um, with Todd McFarlane? You guys get a chance. Go watch that interview. Uh, I forget what it's called, but just look up Complex Todd McFarlane interview. It's one of the best interviews you'll ever see. And you can kind of tell. Damn. Yeah, there you go. Just right next to my desk, right yeah. here, reaching distance. Dude, there's a wizard cover that Joe Casada does. That is the most beautiful homage to that cover. Um, it's it's only it right that cover. Oh, my man, Chimichanga, coming through. What's he got? Yeah. Oh, probably not a mouthful of uh, granola bar right now. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. best part. Oh, what's up? What's up, Todd? Yep. Oh, dude, Found I this somewhere. Too. Found this somewhere. Showed up in the absolute geek box this month. <laughs> now we need, we just need Tim in here to with his Rob Liefeld mask. Yes. Oh, there it is. Oh, bro, oh. I found it. I, I found the cover. There it is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That is absolutely mm-hmm. gorgeous. I bought so many wizards. Yeah. Oh, I love this. Wizard is the greatest shitter material next to uh, the fun- Facebook. And you know how I know that? I still prefer uh, Playboy. For the articles. Strictly for the articles. Of course, right? Yeah, Josh's collection had quite a few of those in there, so I was afraid to touch them. Playboys? 
<laughs> no, lizards. <laughs> yeah, I'd be afraid to touch those Playboys too. <laughs> but um, one of, one of the things that uh, we wanted to talk about before we uh, called it a night was uh, this wonderful story about Area Fifty One that's coming. You know, we we all know that everybody's deciding to uh, <laughs> storm Area Fifty One. I have I have a feeling you're going to be there, Brian. I think we're going to see you in a video get beaten. Yeah, he's gonna be like be, get beanbagged in a in a footage video on YouTube or something. I mean, how do you know I'm not already there, bro? <laughs> like, come on, <laughs> that's sexy. I, I'm not gonna lie. Like, the more that comes out about it, like, I kind of want to go just to say that you were there. Did you see that the dude who started the FBI has already contacted him? Fuck yeah, man. Yeah, just I to mean, make sure that he wasn't joke. just to make sure that he wasn't a terrorist. I would live stream that shit, man. Oh, yeah. You're just running around like this. <laughs> you know, around there are books. I, I think Holly Shore and Biodome. Right? All the hotel rooms. Hey, wife, if they there, storm yeah. Area 51, can I go? All the hotel rooms are gonna are already booked. There's there's DJs coming. <laughs> there's a, an exotic entertainment company's bringing strippers in their stripper bus. Like It's going to oh, be yeah. just a massive party in the desert, dude. Marshmallow DJing. Yeah. It's going to come Burning Man. I think it's. I think that's what it's going to turn into, like some kind of just like Coachella. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there'll be bands that is stage set up. <laughs> Area Fifty One Coachella. Yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. yeah. I think that's what we're going. So, um, I definitely think that uh, we should try and put something together, and you know, like a uh, a GoFundMe to uh, get us to, to go out there, pay our way out there, do a live broadcast from the event. So <laughs> that would be awesome. If there's actually aliens there, I say we just pre-vote now. They get to take Kyle if they have to pick one of us. Yes. No, somebody's going to fuck him, though. <laughs> well, Kyle already came back. so um, I've already been there and back. Yeah, he's already been there and back. Perfect. Those are your cousins. We can get out of there real quick. and friends <laughs> now. If they're illegal aliens, then they're my cousins. Right? <laughs> just got to roll your R's and we're out. <laughs> like, I told, I, told, man. I told Kyle that yesterday, Brian. I was like, you're going to hear, like, the week of it. Brian's like, oh, yeah, I got to go to Vegas for a buddy's bachelor party. And then you're just going to see a video of you getting beanbagged and, like, <laughs> as they're tear gassing everybody. Like, I know that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't like that word, man. That, that kind of creeps me out, man. What, beanbag? Bean yeah, beanbag. <laughs> Jeez, it does sound dirty. <laughs> I can just picture, like, Halo. Oh, uh, that's teabagged, tea yeah. I know, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's all I picture. Like, I don't know if I want to be beanbag, dude. Just multiple tea bags. <laughs> Open your mouth. Oh, you'll see. You'll see. Uh, Brian, he'll have a, a Roman helmet on. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think with all the the be the stuff that's going around with the gun violence and the the shootings we've had here over the last couple of weeks, that like. I don't think you're going to see them open fire on people, but I wouldn't be surprised if they beanbag people or rubber bullets and all that crowd-controlled riot deterrent stuff. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to start just murking people, but... So we already got the next podcast lined up now. We're going to go to a shooting range and beanbag and see who can take it if it's worth going. There you go. <laughs> if it's not that bad, we'll go. If it sucks, hey, we'll watch it on YouTube. I remember uh, in high school, one of my best friends... Uh, was into paintballs and uh, his girlfriend was coming down the stair stairway 
and he hit her with a ball bearing out of a paintball gun right oh. in the ass. Oh. oh, yeah, it was terrible, man. Man, I used to play paintball, and yeah. uh, when my wife was pregnant, oh man, she's gonna get mad at me. When she came home, and she <laughs> I mean, this is a good story. Day. Oh, this is a great story. Come home, and she's just having a terrible pregnant day. And I said, look, wife, I know it'll make you happy. And I loaded my paintball gun. I said, you can shoot me six times. So I put six paintballs in it. We go in the front yard and she starts shooting at me. Well, guess what? There were more paintballs than six. She starts spraying up the whole neighborhood. She had loaded more without me noticing. <laughs> I had welts up and down me and she was happy as hell. Completely worth it, by the way. What a good husband. Oh, man. Well, it's, think about this. It was either that or I was going to have to, you know, hear it all night and everything was going to be my fault. So I, I took the easy way out. <laughs> a little bit of pain. Hey. My, my dad and my uncle used to take me paintballing, and they used to they used to go, "Hey, run over there!" <laughs> and they would use me, so then everybody would jump up and start shooting, so then they knew where to shoot at. They That's used, cool. they used to be the diversion. Yeah, you were the diversion. <laughs> I, so I could, you know, and then I'd ta -ta 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 and fucking have all these welts all over me. That's cool. <laughs> So they could win, fuckers. Well, um, we so definitely want to talk about uh, 200 subscribers. So remember, when we get 200 subscribers, we uh, have that book to raffle off. Kyle, oh, with, uh, 100 Alex Ross variant. There we go. So uh, make sure you guys subscribe. Um, anybody got anything else they want to talk about uh, before we call it a night? Yeah, let's. Uh, Let's uh, talk about um, House of X number two, Kyle. Man. Fuck, that was such a good issue. I want to know... Um, I want to know, like, what your thought is on, so far, what Hickman's done over the last couple issues with, with House of X. Uh... I think he's killing it. I like his writing style. So, I thought the first issue was a little like he he packed a lot of shit in there because he had to get this story going. So I think there was a, a lot to take in that first issue, but I think now that everything is kind of set and he's building his story, issue number two was kick ass. Like from from page one, like I was. It's one of those books where. Uh, I was so bummed that it ended. Like, if it would have kept, if if he should have made it like a double issue, like Absolute Carnage was, mm -hmm. because the story was so good and it was so interesting. Like, I read it. You know what I mean? I, I had to thumb through it again because I was just bummed that it ended. What did you think of it, Matt? Did you read Jose? No, of course not. Why would you read an X-Men book? Yeah, I'm surprised you're actually not reading this book, Jose. There's so many fucking offshoots. I, I, I got sick of that. But that's what he's doing. He's there, yeah, he's he that's just bullshit. he's rewriting everything about the X-Men. Yeah. Like, so, like, if, if you weren't a big X-Men person before and you decided you want to jump on, I think this is all a really good time to jump on to be an X-Men, to read X-Men. Like because he's... It's different. Oh, I like my 90s X-Men. I'll stick with that. Moira uh, Mc, McTaggart. McTaggart's right, her name, right? 
She, yep. uh, he just basically rewrote her, and she's been in a mutant this entire time with the ability for reincarnation. So, like, what about her son? Uh, he hasn't touched her son yet, but like, mm. issue two of That's House weird. of X shows. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> She hasn't touched her. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Crazy. Uh, crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's interesting the way that, yeah, phrasing, right, Tim? The way that they did everything and it shows like her reincarnation. Why does Tim have a fucking wrench next to his name on the front the- Because I made him a moderator in the chat. Oh, look at that, fucker. You've been promoted. Yeah. Oh. Okay, you keep going now. Um, I just like the way that, you know, it shows all of her time, like, different timelines she's taken, and it kind of, like, shows different paths. Like, it it, like it shows that she's pre- it's, it's set that she's going to do the events, but how she, tr- like, tries to change them. Like, I was shocked when she, you know, joins Apocalypse. And she meets, every time she goes to meet Xavier in the, the timeline where she kind of, changes his opinion and tells him everything that she knows about how his his plan for mutants and humans to live together in peace is flawed and never works and and he lets her read her mind and he kind of gets and sees that and it kind of forces him back to join with Magneto and and she joins Magneto in one timeline and just kind of the way they broke down her her history and everything she's that she's done was really really cool and it it really makes me wonder, like, it, it kind of connects the dots now as to why Xavier is the way he is as far as, like, dropping that ideology of mutants and humans living together. And now it's more like we're going to segregate, you know, we're going to um, not segregate, but we're going to remove ourselves from from this. We're going to live on Krakoa in peace. You guys, you guys can basically fuck off. You know, he's he's separating mutants from humans now and, and kind of how he ha- and why he has that. Um, that uh, mentality. Yeah, I'm all for him cleaning up that that whole shit show that is uh, X Men continuity. Um, I just hope he does it in a good way. Um, I'm a little worrisome right now because I don't want to see the same type of storyline that we saw in Doctor Strange and all that bullshit. All these different timelines and craziness. So, did you? We'll someone just posted in the chat that they want to buy an absolute geek pop socket. <laughs> a what? And did you did you erase it? I didn't touch it. Somebody else he, he erased it himself. What is it? Say? Matthew Scott in the chat. This is <laughs> I want to buy absolute geek pop sockets. Are they available? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> But yeah, um, it's interesting to see how how Hickman is is kind of changing everything with X Men lore and and for people who are like, I'm not getting into this book because I didn't read the last run of Uncanny. You don't need to because it has nothing to do with that. Like it's there's absolutely nothing that's in there from the last couple of runs of X Men. So you're you're good to to continue on and then you like kyle said then you had uh carnage the first issue of carnage from donny cates that came out this week too 
And it was a thick ass issue too, man. It was, and you know what? I was a little skeptic on it being eight dollars. Is it two issues or three? Because it says it's got three chapters in it. I don't know. It was just double sized. Yeah, maybe triple. I don't know. But it was uh It was worth the eight bucks. It was definitely worth the eight bucks. Because you had that's the, the way they're going to raise prices. You had the beginning chapter where they're running from Carnage. And, and Eddie Brock is trying to hide his son. Then you got the chapter two where he goes to Peter and asks Peter for help. And then you got chapter three where they're trying to break Norman Osborn out of the prison. prison. And shit gets intense. I, I enjoyed it. I actually was like surprised and it made me want to go back and read all the other Donny Cates Venom stuff leading up to it. And I'm super excited for the next issue. You know, like we were saying earlier, Donny Cates is, uh, whether you hate him or, or love him, he's doing some really, really different stuff, and he's shaking up the comic world, so. But I, I have to admit, though, like, I, I think House of X and Powers of X have quickly become one of my favorite books out right now. Yeah. So. Good writer. Um and they want to make a change, so I just hope it doesn't turn into a Spider-Man the other type storyline, you know, where it's complete shit. Uh, I want to give a quick on the topic of Spider-Man, give a quick shout out to Tim fucking killing that Spider-Man tattoo. Oh um, yeah, it was cool. Fucking beautiful, um, great uh, pose on Spider-Man. Like the way they they did Spider-Man, um, it's one of the best Spider-Man tattoos I've ever seen. So. Really, really beautiful, man. I would be interested in to uh, know who the artist is and check out his work. So, cool stuff. Anybody got anything else? That's anything, uh, nothing cool happened this week to anybody. God, you work. Yeah, I work. What about you, Mr. Superstar? Mr. Radio Personality? Yes. Oh, that, that's right. I was on the radio. <laughs> I oh, I forgot. I can't I tell if you actually sat, forgot or you were just trying to set that segue up. No, I really, I uh. really just forgot about it. So this weekend, last weekend was a, it was a busy weekend for me. So my wife and I, and my sister, and my other sister, and my niece, we all went to go see the country band Rascal Flats. So. When we were there, I spun the wheel for Camel Country, and it landed on uh, meet and greet. So it put my name into a drawing for a meet and greet. So I'm sitting there, and they actually fucking pulled my name out of the the box with all the, you know, with all the people that were that had entered. And the meet and greet was about four seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> it took half the concert to get to the meet and greet so what happened was it was like so during the first band we were doing the so they did two they did two drawings one at 710 one at 720 some other guy won the 710 drawing i won the 720 drawing they're like come back at 750 to get in line to for the meet and greet and I think the radio station thought the meet and greet was different than what it was because the the DJs and everything weren't back there, and, and it wasn't backstage. 
I thought it was backstage. It was not. It was in the fucking parking lot. Jeez. Um, yeah. That's cheesy. So like we went in the back. And it was like this back. It's it's fenced off. It's where all like the diesels and the RVs and shit are for the bands. And there's like this grass area, and they had this uh, um, like a banner up, like a backdrop. Um. Yes, Tim, I actually like Rascal Flats. But so I was like, so the way to me they had me as a meet and greet was like I thought we were gonna like like when when uh my son and I when we met Kill Switch Engage, um we like hung out for a few minutes. What? Weird flex. Weird flex. Well, we met them, you know, like I was saying before, like we got pictures, autographs, we got to bullshit with them for a while. It was, you know, a little more intimate. So what they did with this uh, Rascal Flats meet and greet was they were like, we were standing, we were standing in line, and there was probably like 30 people. And if anybody, um, if there was, if anybody actually paid for that, I'd feel real fucking bad for them. Yeah. I bet you there were. I'm sure that, that people were complaining about it. There was some people. Well, some people like we had like these triangle uh, stickers that we had to put on that said "meet and greet," and some people had different stickers. So I'm assuming some people had actually um, paid. Yeah, like I think they paid. So we get in line, and we're like the eighth. Like th there was, you know, groups of people. Everybody. Um, if you were whoever you were with, you know, you got the picture with. So it was like we were like the fourth or fifth group back. And I totally look like Fast Cars in Freedom. Thank you, <laughs> Matt. Um, I scream it. There should be a fucking flag behind me. But so we're sitting there and they're like, this is what's going to happen. You have to set your phone and all your stuff on this table so that you don't take a picture with the people or try to do anything with Rascal Flats. So we had to put all our stuff on this table behind the backdrop. And so you, so we stood in line, and then they said, you're next. Dude didn't even say one, two, three, smile, say cheese, fart, anything. The second we got, like, lined up, he clicked it. Okay. And and security asked us out. And I was like, fuck. So the, the DJs had said to me, they're like, hey, can we interview you? on Monday morning about the meet and greet. And this was before it happened. So I was like, sure, no problem. Call me at this time and I will, yeah, I'll be more than happy to talk about it. I, I you know, I'm a radio guy. It's cool. I can do it. Um, I didn't say that part. But Wait to hear what you say to them. So like, yeah, so I was like, so after the meet and greet, I was like, fuck, I hope they don't call me what am I supposed to say that the fucking meet and greet was four seconds like what would I tell the truth What? I told the truth I fluffed the truth <laughs> but I told the truth you were chubby I told them I was chubby yes they, they thought they thought <laughs> that I didn't have to I didn't have to fluff that up <laughs> it was fluffed already um so they're like, we'll call you. Like they asked me a good time to call, and I was like, well, you can call. I usually get to work about six forty, six forty-five. So just call me then. I'm in the office by myself, and I'm not at work yet, so I can, 
I'll be able to talk for a couple minutes. So, of course, they don't call me until like 730. Mm. <laughs> well, they had said they had phone problems. They were my new best friend, the Camel Country DJ, is was texting me because we're friends now. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so uh, I got to tell his phone number. We're, we're like this, dude. We're BFFs. Um, so they go, they put me on, and I'm live on Camel Country, and they're like, hey, Kyle, you're the winner of the Rascal Flats meet and greet. How was it? And I was like, oh, it was super cool. You know, we got to wait in line. Liar. Liar. Right? So we got to wait in line. There's this cool backdrop, and and they're like, so what happened? I was like, we walked up. We said hi. You know, I, I gave him the fist bump because, you know, I'm sure they shake a lot of hands and there's germs and stuff. So I, you know, uh, I, I just gave him the fist bump. And they're like, you know, did you give him a belly rub? And I was like, thought about giving the belly rub. Thought I was going to go belly to belly with him. And I was like, it was great. And we took a picture. And then that was it. You know what I mean? I was like, I, there wasn't really much else I could say. Like, what did did Nubia say anything? She no, she didn't. She was asleep, and I was I was at work, so I was the only one talking to him. No, I mean when you guys for the meet and greet, we literally didn't say anything to him. Like, we literally walked up, and we weren't even like if you if you see the picture of us, blur. I'm not, it, it, it might as well be like, I'm not even like quite looking at the camera yet. And I've got like this, I've got the daredevil face. Like and, this? <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, man. And they didn't say, you know, like the guy put his arms around me, and, you know, like, and then as we're walking off, the lead singer's like, enjoy the show. I said, will do. <laughs> and, that, and, then S, and then security escorts us out. So what how about the slipknot show? Oh my god, that was fucking incredible. Yeah. Yeah, so then and then at the Rascal Flats concert, man, we we just were sitting, we weren't quite to the lawn, but we weren't at covered seating. And it, so the second we get done with the meet and greet and we get to our seats, it starts fucking pouring down rain. Oh <laughs> or did you look for any codes? I did, I did not find one. Uh-huh. There was none at the auction pavilion. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. And it poured, and I was soaking wet from head to toe. And, I'd, and then, like, Rascal Flatts goes, I'm scared to get struck by lightning, so we're going to go ahead and cancel this early. Oh, really? you got to be fucking shitting me. We're only going to play for 12 more minutes. And I was like, you're a bunch of assholes. I just fucking want to meet and greet with you fuckers. Yeah, in the concert. But no, so the next night, so we got home, and the next night was Slipknot. And what a fucking dude. Those guys, even after all this time, those guys fucking can put on a show. Chad just said in the chat that Knotfest was a bit of a letdown. Chad's Chad's a fucking liar. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking liar. Compared to Rascal Flats. Uh, Bohemoth, man, fucking they, uh, they were awesome. They called the whole, uh, they called the whole audience a bunch of pussies. I heard, um, I heard they had issues. I had a, a buddy who went to their show in Denver, and I guess they had a bunch of audio issues at their show in Denver. Like you couldn't hear Corey Taylor singing. 
So that happened here too for the first like for the first three songs, you couldn't fucking understand what the fuck Corey Taylor is saying at all. Mm-hmm. Like the first song they opened up with people was people equal shit. And the only way you knew when he was actually going people equal shit was because you just know the music. Mm-hmm. You couldn't actually and it took by the fourth song, everything was fine. But, yeah, they. It must be whatever they do for those first few songs. Then, interesting. Well, that's uh, you know, if somebody told me, oh, you couldn't understand a word he's saying, I'd be like, yeah, that's just you know metal. But I've seen Slipknot probably that them and the Deftones are like the two bands I've seen probably the most. And uh, the, Corey Taylor is actually a pretty damn good live singer so you, yeah like once they got it down yes tim i did get the fifth slipknot um yeah like once they corrected it you know these songs they've been playing these songs on the radio forever so everything else was crystal clear like you know like vocal wise and stuff you heard what he was saying but just those first few songs were i don't know if it was on purpose and it looked like they were fucking dying up there when they're fucking jump those new their new jumpsuits that they were wearing because they're wearing white ones for their uh, for their summer tour. And Corey rips off like half of it because he's fucking you can tell dying. Uh, yeah, well, especially with the monsoon storm we had the night before, and it was all humid and muggy. And I I messaged Kyle. I was like, dude, this sucks. You're going to this outside show on this day because it's so nasty outside. I was praying for rain. It was weird though because like Behemoth was badass. Uh, what's it called? The Gajora. They were badass. Volbeat's a good band, but it just didn't fit the bill. So it was really weird to hear this black metal, this heavy metal, and then a rockabilly band, and then Slipknot. I've heard that from a lot of people. Like it, they they. <clears throat> Volbeat was just a weird. Like I like Volbeat; they've got some good tunes, but it just didn't place in that show. Like they they probably could have found somebody else to uh, to play that slot. Uh, but nah, man, Slipknot fucking killed it, and their album came out today, and it's fucking probably one of their best albums. You guys hear the new tool? It's fucking garbage. Yeah, it is. It's garbage, and he speaks in another fucking language for a big portion of that ten minutes of train wreck. It's <laughs> not that bad. It can might grow on you, but it's not good. It's not no, great. it's never gonna grow. It's it's for thirteen years. It's a fucking real that data. You know what it sounded like? A B side from their last album. Yeah, something that didn't make the cut. Yeah, this just proves that Perfect Circle is way better than Tool. Uh, I hate to say that, but it's God's truth. I'd rather hear a new Perfect Circle album than I would a Tool album any day. I'd listen to it, and I was just like... And don't get me wrong, I'm not the hugest Tool fan. I've never been the hugest Tool fan. They've got a few good songs. And then like they were supposed to do this awesome thing in Jerome. and, And... it's a venue. It's a place. It's his barber shop. Yeah, eighty-two people. Yeah, he's going to serve finger foods at it. Fuck off. 
do not make it, you know, they like they added another show on Friday, the Friday after, mm-hmm. to, to accommodate. Oh, great. So now 164 people get to go between two days. <laughs> Fuck off, Maynard. Don't fucking bullshit us like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now you can go to Zia's and do a listening party. I was just like, meh. Yeah, I don't want to look. I don't want to hear it. I will say, um, I the baddest band on the planet right now is a band called Sleep Token, and uh, they just put out a four song EP that is probably the baddest EP I've heard in ten years. Um, so, you know, if you guys listen to that shitty Tool song that drives about drives you to slit your wrist, go listen to Sleep Token and chant and. Uh, you can thank me later for changing your life. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so yeah. Uh, anything else, gentlemen? Uh, that I mean, that's all I've got for this week. Jose, you got anything? Uh, I went to go see that scary movie stories or whatever last night. Scary stories still in the dark. It fucking sucked. Oh my god. Did it really? My friend wanted to go see it, and I was like, "All right, let's go." What friend? And Jeff, this probably. No. Is she your friend different. or is she your girlfriend? No, this is a different girl. Um, Damn, I wanted to see it. Player. <laughs> Jose is swimming in that shit. Right. Pim- pimping ain't easy. Look at look at him brushing it. Look at him brushing his shoulder off. Drip drop, man. Fucking collar. Jesus, man. But yeah, she wanted to go see it. And I was like, Did I really you didn't fucking smell your fingers, bro? I, <laughs> I, I just saw him, dude. He did. <laughs> I, I said, Sure, let's go see it. And I saw it. And I wanted to like leave like halfway. And it totally sucked. It's, it was horrible. It's, it's a. You know when when stuff happens, or you can tell what's going to happen before you see it, or what where you're watching it, and it's. Did it's they weird. take the stories from the book? To be honest, I haven't read it in forever, so I don't remember. They have titles from sto- some stories, but I don't know about the new ones. Dude, the art in that fucking book was phenomenal. Yeah, it was great for a fourth uh, grader's book. That fucking art in that book is phenomenal. But yeah, it was it was shitty. Don't don't waste your money. <laughs> I can't think of a movie that I would go see. That's definitely not one of them. Once upon a time, I'm in Hollywood. I wanted to go see. I've seen. Yeah, that. we talked about that last week while you were gone. Yeah, I want to go see that. Anything else, boys? Good show. Great show, gentlemen. All right, well, while we're down, guys, remember, next week, next week, next week, next week, be in the chat as we are giving away the first ever Absolute Geek uh, box. Be in the chat. Make sure to, uh, uh, you know, um, tweet this and share every, the episodes. I'll edit it, both episodes together to make it easier for everyone else uh, since we had that technical difficulty. Um, but, yeah, guys, when we post it on social media, share it. Every share gets you an entrance into the first ever Absolute Geek Box. Um, also, we had um, we, we made a good run at it last week's episode. Had quite a few likes. Every like, once we hit 50 likes, going to give away this Spider-Man Venom print frame included. Um, 50 likes, the 
as soon as an episode hits 50 likes, the following episode, we will raffle that off to everyone in the chat. So that's um, definitely be on the lookout for that. Also, Kyle, the 200, uh, uh, 200 subscriber um, slab book Slizzat. giveaway. Um, 9.8. What is it? 9.8 Marvel Legacy. Yeah, 1 in 100 Alex, Alex Ross, Ross variant. Sketch variant. That's yep. That's out there too. So let's make sure to uh, you know be like Kyle and and tell your friends about the Absolute Geek podcast and get them to subscribe and and as soon as we hit two hundred, we'll give that away. But word of mouth, word absolutely. of mouth, guys. I want to thank everyone for hanging out in the chat again. Sorry tonight with the technical difficulties that uh, YouTube decided to crash Matt. during the middle of yeah, it's my fault during the middle of the. Uh, um, interview. I want to thank Anthony from Bird City Comics for joining us tonight and giving us a lot of info on uh, online auctions and and kind of hanging out with us and just having it was just a really good interview. Good job, Brian, and on leading and conducting that interview. And Kyle, and Kyle, yes, and Kyle. Everyone, we all did a good job. I just say Brian because he talked the majority of the time, but everyone did a great job. Yes, yeah. excellent show, gentlemen. Thanks, boss. You did fantastic, Kyle. I'll give you a raise. Thanks, Dad. I'll give you a raise. But, um... <laughs> you give him a round of applause. Uh, but, guys, I want to thank... I want to thank everyone for hanging out in the chat tonight. If you had a good time, like I said, make sure to hit that like button. If it's your first time uh, checking us out, make sure to hit that subscribe button. Uh, if you're listening to this on your, any of your audio platforms, SoundCloud, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Overcast, Google, um, iTunes, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button and leave us reviews. It helps us out big time. In remember the, to everybody um, that listens to us every week, we are live on YouTube every Friday night, 7.30 Arizona time. There you go. Absolutely. If you ever want to check us out, you normally listen to us on Wednesday on your crappy drive home, but you know what? You're like, fuck, I got ghosted. I don't know what to do. It's Friday night. You can come hang out with us live on YouTube. Absolutely. Guys, if you uh, are finding us for the first time on PodCoin, as we're on right. there now, where you can uh, get uh, money to and donate to charity for listening to podcasts, <clears throat> uh, check us out on PodCoin. Um so, so yeah. So for this week's episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast, I'm Matt. I'm Wolf. I'm Jose. I'm Brian. And we will see you next time. And Max. <laughs>